Hey everybody, it's Ed. Uh, This is just a little heads up. My guest this week accidentally recorded off of his built-in computer mic. He forgot to switch over to his actual mic in the Audacity settings, so his audio isn't the greatest. It's it's bearable, but this was such a fun episode, and I didn't want to like just kind of toss it out just because the audio quality isn't top-notch. So, yeah, uh, enjoy. Welcome to Unaired. I'm Ed, and with me, I have my good friend, Mac. Hello. Mac and I used to do a podcast way back in the day with a couple other friends. Was that Actually, way back? How, how far ago was that? That was, was like, like three years ago. Was that really? Oh, my God. Yeah. Time flies. Time does fly. But we're going to see and Steve are on that. Yes, yes. It was, we were the main cast, and then our friend Ryan. It was the five of us, and then whoever we could... Uh, steal away to to do it that day i think we had a few special guests didn't last very long it only lasted like less than a year i think yeah everything's still like on youtube but it's no longer on itunes no that's cost money <laughs> no to need do to that pay for that yeah exactly <laughs> um but yeah uh we watched a, a little uh little little tv pilot this week yeah I believe. we watched a uh tv pilot that unfortunately never got picked up it was written by Conan O'Brien and Robert Smigel, and it was called Look Well. So, this show was produced for NBC back in July of 1991, but it was unfortunately passed on. And it starred Adam West as Ty Lookwell, and he is an aging TV detective who thinks that his fake, like, honorary deputization means that he can actually go out and solve crimes. And it is one of the best pilots I've ever seen. So I think I think it's no coincidence that this was released in July of 1991 because that's when I was born. And I agree, this is one <laughs> of the best uh, pilots I've ever seen. It it was you're so used to to nowadays, uh, or actually back then, because this was 1991. Uh, which was kind of I, I'm trying to think of what shows were out then. I don't know when like Everybody Loves Raymond and Friends started. I think a little bit after this, but it was still the I era. Think this is like Go this ahead. is like in the heyday of Seinfeld. Yeah. So uh, laugh tracks, and I felt that that was a big part of sitcoms at least back in the day. What's very interesting about this pilot is it's played uh, unbelievably straight. Like the whole thing yeah. is there's no laugh track. There's there's almost no nod or wink or anything like that. Uh, if you're just like passing through, you wouldn't even think this was a comedy and unless you like paid attention and like listened to to the absolutely brilliant script that uh, Conan and Robert created. And Adam West, Adam West, man, is is a national treasure. Uh, rest in peace. Well, he was a national he treasure. He was a He's national dead. treasure. Yes. Rest in peace. But um, I would have loved to have seen them resurrect this show at some point. Where was Conan O'Brien in his career at this time? Was this like this Simpsons? Was, I, I was about to say, I think it's Simpsons. It was definitely post-SNL. Okay. But 
Yeah, I feel like this show would have done well on like Adult Swim. Like if they did this modern day, this would have like lasted forever on Adult Swim. Oh yeah, I mean it was it was too ahead of its time. It was it was uh, a little too meta uh, for its own good back then. You know the people people idolized uh film actors but it they it like there wasn't the, all these inside jokes that were going on then um one of my favorite running jokes in this pilot is uh he keeps being called by different tv character names where it's like oh you're uh you're banachek oh no, uh, no that banachek was played by george papard oh uh you're bennigan no no <laughs> played by george <Yeah. laughs> kennedy uh brannigan no that's hugh o'brien and so on and so forth um yeah which is a joke I th- just based on the time frame I, I feel like this was first done here um, because I, they kind of play with that in, in more modern comedies like uh, being John Malkovich and stuff uh, where he's like oh you're you're the you're the jewel thief and he's like no but I don't know who that is <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's not me this was definitely very ahead of its time yeah so the show starts off with two actors like sitting down for an audition for happy days the next generation and who do they sit down next to but ty Lookwell wearing a very big black wig (laughs) and he's dressed like fonzie yeah and they try to talk to him and he says i'm here to audition as baz mccool and i only want to be referred to as that yeah, he he refuses to be referred to as Ty while he's still auditioning. He's he's it's kind of like that Robert Downey Jr. and Tropic Thunder thing where he's like, uh, I don't I don't uh, go out of character until uh, the DVD commentary. Like right. I feel like this would be the the same sort of character. Oh yeah, he pulls a Daniel Day Lewis. Yeah, <laughs> but like a bad Daniel Day Lewis. Yeah, it's so good though. And then we get to what you were talking about the whole oh I loved you and Banachek. No, that was so-and-so yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they uh announced that the auditions are over before any of them get in and he's like oh well they're lost and they all walk out and he gets into a very nice car which he drives away turns out he rented this car <laughs> and as he gets to the rental lot he says all right well you uh you're gonna pay 50 dollars for the two hours well by my watch it's been an hour 45 and the guy says, well, we round up. And then Lookwell says, well, I didn't want to bring this up, but that blinker makes a click-click sound. Well, it's supposed to do that, sir. <laughs> it was just like such... Uh, I love the writing in this show. Yeah, it's it's fantastic, honestly. It's like... And there's just like little inside jokes. Like right before then, um, as he's walking with these two actors who he met at the addition uh, to the car, he he's like, you know... It, the character, because he did a character before this that he's known for called uh, Bannigan, I believe. And, yep, Bannigan. And he, uh, he's like, you know, I wanted this to go uh, four seasons, but, you know, I thought I had, I'd said everything that needed to be said with the character. And they're like, oh, well, what did the network think? Similar. And it's just <laughs> such, a, it's such a throwaway thing. They say it, and they don't really talk about it again, but it, it's, again, that sort of meta humor where it's just like... It's just so good. Plus, I'm pretty sure Batman actually ran for three seasons, so that's like super, yes. super meta. And there, I, I get yeah the the whole theme of it of this pilot is almost seems to be very meta because they're just talking about uh, this guy who was like this action star and is known for this action thing, and he kind of lives his life from that point on 
thinking he's this guy. <laughs> it's kind of it's it's uh, almost this bizarro version of real life. It's like an exaggerated version of Adam West. Yeah, and it's great. I would. That's actually a great question: is whether they came up with the idea, then found Adam West, or if they wrote it with Adam West in mind. Like they. they that is a very good question. We'll get Conan O'Brien on the line. Yeah. <laughs> Call All right, him you up. ready? Hey, yeah, Conan. Yeah, um, it's Ed. No, I'm not wearing that. We, we don't need to talk about that. Uh, so did you write uh, Look Well? With, uh, wait, oh, this is this is one of those prank messages. Oh, I got fooled. Okay, bye. Oh, that Conan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's... You know those messages where it's like, hello, I can't hear you. I'm just kidding. It's a message. That's what that was. <laughs> Conan, you've done it again. Ah, he tricked me. <laughs> so um, as uh, he's returning the rental car, the police come in because some cars have been stolen from this rental lot. And he goes over. He's like, oh, I better check it out. So he goes over to the police, says like, oh, this seems like a carjacking. You should look into this. And then he says something along the lines of, well, to quote Shakespeare, how off the sight of means to do ill deeds makes ill deeds done. And the owner of the rental lot just basically looks at him and says, who are you? Get out of here. <laughs> He just, he just, he burges into people's lives with purpose. <laughs> he's just, he's just, uh, as if it was like a TV character and, and they're just like, go away. You know, who, who are you? I love it. Right. Isn't like where TV, like that'd be like a normal thing, but in real life, it just doesn't make sense. Yeah. Yeah. So then he goes home and talks to his maid and he says, oh, did you pick up that hairspray? And she goes, I'm sorry, but that hairspray isn't made anymore. And he says, like, well, damn them. And he goes to check, he goes to check his messages because his nephew, Matt, also lives with him, who we don't see at all this pilot. But I feel like eventually he would have come in the series. Yeah, that's that's interesting. I didn't think about that before. Huh. Like, he shows a picture of his nephew. Like, he picks up a picture of his nephew and then puts it down. Do you think that nephew exists? Or do you think it's just like this, this character he created? I was about to say, maybe he's like, super like into that character of matt his nephew yeah and he just puts on prosthetics <laughs> yeah it's kind of like uh it's kind of like psycho where he becomes the mother and then <laughs> right <laughs> he, he's just, this is my nephew <laughs> <laughs> Hello. he two faces it yeah he like puts half the makeup on one side and turns <laughs> that'd be awesome so he's listening to his message and they're all for his nephew matt basically like oh hey this is francis ford coppola uh, i i just wanted to talk to you about that movie uh, I'll call you back. Boop. Hey, uh, this is uh, this is your agent. Uh, Spielberg needs you in tomorrow, so we'll have to cancel that Happy Days audition. Boop. So basically, all stuff like that. And none of the messages are for Lookwell. And he goes, "Good, no calls to make. I guess I'll just enjoy some television." <laughs> I think it was about this moment that I realized that this was brilliant because this guy, it, it, he exists in this very interesting position that shouldn't exist for anyone, where he's so important. Uh, while also being the least important person ever. Where He's like so important to himself, <laughs> but no one else. And I just think that's inter that's interesting that they included this bit to it because throughout the rest of the episode, people are just like, oh my God, it's this guy and we can't get him to go away. And he thinks he's this, this uh, super important person. But then we have this message where all these 
actors or directors and you know there's francis ford coblis uh, spielberg are trying to reach him and trying to get him for various roles that he's ignoring so i just oh I, no that was going for his nephew oh yeah oh i missed that absolutely oh, okay oh that makes yeah. it that makes it incredibly funny i didn't realize that okay 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 so yeah. <laughs> sorry go go on go on go on so after he goes, oh, I guess I'll just enjoy some TV then. He opens up a cabinet and it's all VHSs that say, look well, episode so-and-so. So season three, episode two. And he like picks up one and just starts watching his own show. <laughs> and then we cut to commercial. Or it would have been where a commercial went. Right. So when we come back, we see a very poorly made sign that says Ty Lookwell's acting workshop. And it turns out he runs a uh, acting class. Which I think is absolutely brilliant where he's able to basically be this this voice for these people and he's kind of this uh b- broken voice he, like what he says is is not the most sane and and as you find out as we go through the rest of the plot uh he gives horrible advice and 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 they all idolize him yeah <laughs> it's so bizarre it is so essentially he has like he has them watch a scene from his show, Bannigan, and basically says, like, oh, okay, so, like, here's how I did this scene. I want you to do your scene from King Lear just like this. And two of his students go up, and they do the scene. And he's like, wow, that was great. How'd you do that? And his student says, well, I transported my life experience into this. And just like in House, he goes, wait a minute, transport? Those stolen cars are being transported to another country. <laughs> Like one word sets him off into this like weird bizarre. Mm. He does that. He does that a lot in in uh, the Batman 1960s show as well. The the uh, Catwoman, you know, re- coming yeah. from one stupid place to to this like all of a sudden this this grand realization. Um, the one difference is in this show, his his ramblings don't get him anywhere. Right, it's very tongue in cheek. <laughs> yeah. So. uh... With this information, he goes into the police station and he's trying to like say, hey, I need to talk to somebody about this. I have some information about where these cars might be going. And he pulls out his plaque of his honorary detective badge and says like, listen, I'm a member of the force. You got to let me in. And this cop behind the desk is like having none of it until Ty's friend, Detective Kennery, comes in and says, oh, he's with me. And like this whole this detective basically just humors him, and like keeps him around this whole episode just to like humor him because he feel I feel like he does it because he feels bad. Well, I, there's that, and there's there's a line where he's like, uh, "This guy was the uh, uh, police advisor on our show, so yeah. he had some sort of involvement in the show as well." Which uh, <laughs> I guess now he's like stuck with this guy for the rest of the time, and I can only imagine how many times. This guy has walked into this police station trying to relive his, like, action TV show <laughs> days, you know? So he uh, goes over with the detective, his uh, weird theory about, oh, they're they're being shipped across to Mexico. And the detective immediately shuts him down, saying, like, these cars are imports, they're more valuable here. We think if anything's happening, they're being modified and then flipped and sold from there. And... Like, in his mind, he's like, oh, the wheels are turning. They're being flipped, huh? And the commissioner is in the police station, and a police officer says, hey, the commissioner's here. He wants to see you. He's talking to the detective, 
but Lookwell goes, oh, I'll be right in. Which, like, I feel is like, it's a one of those jokes where it's like a blink and you miss it type thing. This whole this whole episode is like blink and you'll miss it. It just keeps yeah, going. I, I feel like if I like watch this again and again, I notice more jokes that I didn't notice before. Yeah, it's almost it almost has like a, a the pacing of like an Arrested Development thing to it, where it's just it's jokes in jokes and stuff like Definitely. that, and just things in the background. It felt a lot like Community, like a Dan Harmon type show. Yeah, Community, or um, it kind of has the the break the fourth wall type humor. It doesn't do an exact break the fourth wall but just kind of again that more meta thing as like right. uh uh police academy or a uh, naked gun you know one of those type of things exactly so uh look well leaves and as he's leaving he goes remember gentlemen i won't forget this i have a lot of free time and then it cuts to commercial <laughs> and, I, I love that line by the way yeah. <laughs> that's it's like the and, then, and you realize he's very serious where he's like you know you think you you think you've won but i have a lot of free time <laughs> exactly <laughs> so it cuts to commercial after that and it comes back in and he's talking to his uh students and he's basically trying to like figure out his whole thought process on this like okay well these cars are being flipped they must be being painted so they got to be done in an auto painting shop. And he decides to go investigate an auto painting shop. And he disguises himself. I put that in air quotes. <laughs> <laughs> he basically wears, it looks like a milkman's outfit. Uh, yeah, like milkman or ice, ice cream uh, parlor or something like that. <laughs> I don't quite right. know what he's wearing. <laughs> and he's the guy's like, okay, well, here you go. Spray paint this car do the job we'll give you the 60 bucks so he starts spraying the bumper and the guy freaks out like hey don't paint the bumper man oh really because that's all the rage in minnesota right now yeah and he's 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 like oh you know how long have you been a painter here uh, the shop owner asks him and he says you know i've i've been a painter and my father's been a painter and my father's father's been a painter and then he goes ahead and just paints this bumper like immediately yeah. <laughs> and then he uh tries to uh not so subtly hint at something he's trying to hint at like hey if you need me to paint any cars that you stole let me know but the way he words it is if there are any special jobs around here let me know yeah and he, he kind of like drags it out he's like if there's any special jobs around let me know and like yeah. kind of stares a little too much and the guy's like what are you talking about yeah the guy's like is he gay we're not into that <laughs> i forgot about that <laughs> yeah he goes, we're not into that kind of stuff. And Lookwell goes, that's not what I heard. And then it hard cuts to him in his acting workshop. He's got sunglasses on. And they go, well, geez, Mr. Lookwell, how'd you get beat up? It was so good. Yeah. The w one thing about this show is it's not really filmed like a 90s show. Um, it's not. I'd actually say, it was, it, at least to me, it's it's more akin to like a 70s sort of show and it might have just been the low quality of the copies that are available because it's not really widely available anywhere especially in its original form um right. but uh it, it just it felt older it felt a lot yeah it felt like the shows that he his character was supposed to be in yeah like it felt like an old like 70s 80s cop drama yeah and i, th I thought i thought that kind of helped with the the feeling of it but, yeah, because it like took you out of the it took it out of the element. Like it was like, oh, surprise! It's a comedy. 
Yeah, and I think it made it a little more timeless, which has probably helped to its cult status as oh, well. Yeah. So uh, he uh, he explains that while he w- while they thought he was unconscious, he rum- he rummaged through the uh, files of the auto shop and found out they're not at all involved in this. And somebody says the word faster. <laughs> somebody says the word faster, and he goes, "Wait a minute." faster race there's an auto race in town (laughs) jason jason's one of his students how do you feel about portraying a grand prix auto mechanic and then we cut to him dressed in like this old timey racing gear it's kind of like uh the the red baron type (laughs) where he's got like the big goggles (laughs) he's dressed as the red baron creator of the world's greatest pizza and his uh and jason's like talking to the guy that's trying to he's trying to get them in and he's like oh you're not on the list well tell him i'm dash carlisle no you're not on the list get out of here so they start walking away and jason goes well what are we gonna do now well every good undercover man has a plan b so he books it and tries climbing the fence (laughs) as the security comes and takes him down and it doesn't it doesn't cut away so like you know it's adam west trying to climb this fence oh yeah (laughs) And he play. He, I mean, he plays it. I, I, th- I think this is the, the one of the very few times in the entire show that is much more, at least physically comedic, as opposed to just being very dry. Yeah, because he doesn't get very far up that fence. No, <laughs> he gets. He gets like literally half a foot. So yeah, it's not far at all. So they both hard, like hard cuts, and they're both in jail. And the two like cellmates <laughs> are like bouncing him around, bouncing Jason around, back and forth. And it turns out this is all an acting exercise. And Detective Kennery comes in and goes, hey, you guys made bail. Let's go. And it turns out two more cars were stolen during the the Grand Prix. So it turns out that uh, they basically wasted their time. Jason says, wait a minute. We wasted our time? And Lookwell says, we don't waste time. Time wastes us. Just very seriously, out of nowhere. <laughs> His... He just like lives in one-liners. He'd probably he he'd probably have a have a hoot with uh, uh, Batman Forever. When it, when, oh God! When that came out, <laughs> he reminds me very much of like, uh, what's his face, William Shatner. Yes, like very much that like delivery of that line. <laughs> yeah, where he kind of he kind of has like staccato pauses and stuff like that. Yeah, very Christopher Walken. Exactly. So then he goes to the park. And starts talking to a Shakespeare statue, trying to, like, work this all out. And he goes, wait a minute, the cars aren't being stolen at all. The owners are stealing the cars and collecting the insurance money. So he decides to break into, or to sneak into, a gala that's being held where Alberti, the owner of the rental shop that he rented from, is attending. And he has one of his students pose as... I didn't get the name, but it was like some weird, like fake rich person name. And she goes, and this is Willie, the homeless person I'm sponsoring. (laughs) And he goes, I live in the streets. (laughs) He has like a bindle on a stick. Like he's the stereotypical. Stereotypical uh, hobo. Yeah. (laughs) Like he's like one step away from cracking open a can of beans with a spoon. Exactly. And he's like walking through the crowd. He's like, good evening. I have no home. The sidewalk (laughs) is my pillow. (laughs) 
this scene was my favorite because he's just walking through trying to act natural. Yeah. And, but it's and, the most unnatural thing ever. Yeah, and he's like surrounded by aristocrats and he's just like this this wannabe hobo. Where he, yeah. he just he sticks out like a sore thumb. It's like Exactly. <laughs> so he gets to Alberti and goes, Huh, pity about your stolen car. And he's like, Yeah, I know, it sucks. And he just keeps like trying to probe him and he's like, What are you talking about? And Lookwell says, I'll pay no attention to me. I'm just a crazy old vagabond. But he has like this crazy look in his eyes as he says that. And he walks away. I think this is when you realize that this character is also not the most uh, uh, stable. Yeah, not the most sane person. Yeah. So he walks away with his student and says, oh, Alberti tried to play dumb. I have another plan. So they leave. And it turns out Jason is actually the valet during this event. And he gives them the keys to Alberti's car. And Lookwell's plan is to hide in the back seat. And when Alberti leaves, he's going to bring him directly to where he's hiding all these cars. Except Alberti walks out and goes, hey, what are you guys doing? That's my car. So they all jump in the car, drive away. The police come out. They start shooting at him. And <laughs> they, literally, Lookwell... they literally start shooting at him. Exactly. And Lookwell like, pokes his head out of the window. He goes, I'm not a car thief. I'm an actor follow me <laughs> and he directs jason to the car lot the car rental lot that alberti owns and alberti shows up and he goes you're gonna do a time alberti and directive kennery reveals that this is all part of a sting operation and that gala was actually supposed to be a target so they were gonna try and like get somebody to steal the car his car was supposed to be bait and then the employee that look well associated with earlier the one that was just like oh well you know the blinker is supposed to click click he's there and alberti is like wait a minute what are you doing here why didn't the alarm go off and it turns out that guy is the guy behind all of this this whole car theft and look well says i'm just glad my unique brand of talents could play a role <laughs> <laughs> and detective kennery and another cop are talking and the other cops just like well he thought that the the owner was the criminal and detective Kennery's just like just shut up just let him have it <laughs> and Lookwell says if you need me again here's my headshot and that's the end of the episode yeah and then it goes to the credits and during the credits there's one random scene where he's watching uh Bannigan and is just eating this fr like popsicle freeze pop thing and he's just he's just it looks it's he looks so childlike just like sucking on this thing and that's just the the credits is him just sucking on this popsicle <laughs> god so mac mm -hmm. had this show somehow not been or had this show actually been picked up what kind of episodes do you think we would have seen i think this had a lot of potential for a lot of very interesting places to go um, I came up with around like three ideas. Mm -hmm. Uh, I, I know, I know we're supposed to do like a season finale. I'm not sure which of these would be the season finale. I'll, I guess I'll end with the one I like the best. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it'd be kind of an interesting idea if all the people he keeps getting confused against, uh, you know, like, uh, Banachek, Bennigan, Branigan, uh, he has to do an audition with all of these uh actors and characters as well and i think that would yeah. 
and, and it can kind of end up, I'm not sure how it would get there, but it would kind of end up in a sort of a who do I shoot sort of scenario between the police and then him. And then they all like look the same and have the same names. <laughs> who do I shoot? Bannigan? Benichek? Brannigan? <laughs> no, I'm Bannigan. No, Brannigan. <laughs> sort of thing. Like it could turn out like the actor that played like Brannigan is like a crystal meth dealer or some crazy thing like that. Right, right, right. <laughs> Yeah, and I, I think th- I think that would be sort of a, a fun premise to play on. Um, one thing I'm really interested in is a flashback, uh, just like it, w- it could be a one-off episode. Flashback to life before uh, Bannigan. You know, if if it's if it's <laughs> similar to like Batman, where um, you know, kind of tying those two characters together even more where he's literally has like these batman-esque roles um but i think it'd be kind of funny if he had less confidence and uh almost the polar opposite of what we know as the current look well and then the transition to the dumb-witted but confident look well that we know in this pilot now that'd be a good one so i think that'd be kind of fun and then the last one that i i guess could be the season finale or an idea for one um is going back to the theater kids that he's teaching. Uh, they're putting on a big production, uh, but there's sort of this Phantom of the Opera type killer uh, <laughs> that's trying to ruin the production, and he and you know going about his usual shenanigans trying to track down the murderer. Um, I'm not sure who it would be, but I think that it kind of the at least from the context of the pilot kind of sets up for some really interesting scenarios uh, to have a more even more ties to theater and film and stardom and stuff like that. Yeah. So those are mine. That could work. Like in this context, I feel like that would be like season one right there. Mm-hmm. And then my pitches would be like season two, just because I have something that ties everything together for a series finale. Okay. So like season two, like could start off with an episode that I called ransom, lose some. So it's supposed to be like win some, lose some. Yeah. So, Lookwell is, uh, he's just like taking his daily stroll and he walks by City Hall and sees a ton of police cars there. And he walks up and he finds out. Hold on one sec. I forgot to mention something. The title sequence of this show, so good. It's literally him like ripping police tape that says do not cross and just walking through as if nothing happened. <laughs> and it's so funny. Anyways, I so. Have, I have to watch it again. Oh, that, okay. I'm watching it now. Oh, this is yeah. great. All right. Go ahead. <laughs> So, he finds out that the mayor's wife has been kidnapped and is being held for ransom. And he sees the ransom note and it's written with like cut out magazine paper, like magazine and newspaper clippings. So, he figures, oh, this person must shop at this magazine stand right next to the city hall. So, he has a stakeout with Jason and he chases down the first person he sees by a magazine. And it's an old lady and she has a playboy. And Jason is just like, so you didn't get any clues? And Lookwell's like, no, but I got her number and like winks at the camera. And then he decides, you know what? This isn't working. So we're going to arrange a meeting with the people that are holding her ransom. But just in case we need money, like in case this turns south. So he breaks into the mayor's office and steals like a ton of money from the mayor. And he and Jason go to the meeting place and he tells Jason, okay, so here's the briefcase full of the money and I'm going to keep lookout. And the guy arrives with the wife and punches Jason, steals the money, and books it. And Lookwell comes down and says, Wow, that was a great job. You were acting like a little bitch so he wouldn't hurt you. That was great acting. 
And Jason's like, yeah, acting. <laughs> so they return the mayor's wife and the police are just like, okay, that's one case solved, but now we need to find out who stole all this money from the mayor. And Lookwell looks like kind of nervous. He's like, that's another mystery for another day. And like, that's the end of that episode. Yeah, I think I think one thing that the rest of the episodes definitely need is he him inadvertently solving these problems. Oh, yeah. Uh, very Scooby-Doo-esque where it's like, it was old man Jenkins the whole time sort and of thing. And we accidentally trapped him. Yeah. So, so now my pitch for the series finale, which I'm very proud of this name. It's called Look Well That Ends Well. Nice. So did, did this have, or was it just called Pilot? Did it have a? a... It was just called Pilot. Oh, okay. As far as I know, I didn't see anything yeah. contrary to that. I think most are just Pilot. Yeah. So turns out the police find out that all these uh, crimes that Lookwell has been like solving, there's a connection between them. Like the car thief from the Pilot episode, the whole Banachek Brannigan Banigan standoff, the kidnapping, and they're trying to figure out like. Like, what's going on here? And they think that there's a criminal organization behind all this. So Lookwell does some investigating, and he believes that the police commissioner, played by Burt Ward, a.k.a. Robin from the original Batman series, Mm. yeah, he believes that he's the person behind all this. And he goes on like, oh, well, he had access to all these files. He could have been planting evidence, all this stuff. And he proves that, like, at the time, the mayor was in protective custody, and the only people that knew about that were the police, so it had to be someone involved in the police, and he proves that like somebody behind the whole sting operation with the cars had to have known about this whole thing, so it had to be police, and they end up arresting the, the commissioner, who keeps yelling, like, oh, I didn't do it, I didn't do it, and then they think, look, well, and then it cuts to him in his acting class and tells him, okay, well, this is my last class. I'm moving on. I found all I need to find, blah, blah, blah. And as he's leaving the classroom, a narration comes on on of Lookwell saying, and they said, I couldn't act. Well, I guess I fooled them. I just played the role of a lifetime. And we get little flashbacks of him, like, perpetrating the crimes, planting evidence. The guy that punched Jason during the kidnapping is him in a mask. That's why he was like, look out. And he ends the show with the quote that he says in the pilot episode, the, like Shakespeare said, how oft the sight of means to do ill deeds make ill deeds done. And instead of like taking off a fake mustache, he puts on a fake mustache. Like kind of like in scary movie, how the guy put like rips off the fake mustache. He puts one on right. and he just walks away. That's great. Uh, yeah. yeah. Or like usual suspects where it was. Yeah, exactly. Was He's the Kaiser Soze of this show. Right. Uh, the only thing about that season finale is I don't think any, and I don't think he believes it himself that he's a bad actor. I, th- I think he is. He's very confident. That's true. In his <laughs> in his acting abilities. So uh, uh, another episode that might be kind of interesting, previous to that season finale, mm-hmm. is where someone claims he's a bad actor and or he doesn't get a role or something like that, and how he would deal with that. Um, I think that has a lot of potential to to kind of the lengths he'll go to prove his worth like he would like disguise himself as like the mailman or something yeah yeah, yeah. He's, <laughs> it's kind of like uh there's a bit in arrested development where uh i forget the character's name is it job no it's not job oh. uh it, it's uh it's but it's it's the investigative reporter 
it was like Gene something. And every time he's like, hey, dude, do you know where? Uh... Oh, it was Gene Parmesan where he's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> where every time he turns around, he's like, uh, are you looking for Gene Parmesan? And then uh, Lucille is like, ah! <laughs> except done horribly because you're like, it's, oh, yeah. it's Adam West. <laughs> Right. It's like uh, in 30 Rock when Steve Buscemi is disguised as a high schooler. Hello, fellow kids. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that would be great. That would be a fantastic episode. Yeah. That that would, I think, yeah. It's, 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 it's him just trying so hard uh, and having, I think it's kind of fun that they set up this like motley crew of students to kind of go at his every whim. <laughs> you know, right. he, like he just... has his own little like minions. <laughs> yeah, it's like his groupies are like yeah. following him and kind of do whatever. Even though when he like literally tells them to like steal a car, drive away from the cops, and whatever, and there's no repercussions for any of them. Uh, it's almost as though he's like a cult leader. Yeah, yeah. One of them gets pushed, and you think, oh boy, this guy really really uh set up a hard life for these uh kids but then you realize it's an acting exercise so he seems to have some positive influence as well you know instead of them beating up uh that that he's able to get these thugs that you would think would be a lot more violent to kind of go into an exercise of some sort yeah i feel like they could come back for an episode too like they just show up in his acting class one day yeah and, and and it's never said you know who they are you just yeah, have they never to say their names or anything. <laughs> yeah, they're just there. I think that would be that'd be a lot of fun. It's like the mystery number nine man from Futurama. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So I think that's gonna do it for this episode. Sweet. Uh, Mac, do you have anything to add? Um, I'm just really sad this didn't this didn't get picked up. Uh, I was reading the Wikipedia. And the way that Conan described it, um, here I'll I'll quote this. Uh, he said the pilot was scrapped. Um, O'Brien jokingly stated that when the pilot aired, it was the second lowest-rated television show of all time. It's tied with a test pattern they show in Nova Scotia. <laughs> and he said the Nielsen uh, for the Nielsen ratings, they rated it 92nd out of 92 shows. Oh Jesus! Which is in 2.3 million homes. Um, for the week of July 22nd through 28th. So this really was like on my birthday that this aired pretty much. That's crazy. Do you um, think maybe Lookwell died so you could live? I think so. <laughs> I'm the living embodiment of Lookwell. But, <laughs> but I just think that's so interesting because, and from from what I've read, that it's become this... Uh, this cult thing. This cult thing. Uh, and the fact that it got absolutely panned back when it was airing i just think is is very very interesting there must just must not have been an audience for this kind of humor before yeah it sucks especially because like this type of show cannot be done again with any other actor like i feel like adam west was the perfect actor for this role yeah like they kind of tried to do this type of show again like have you ever seen the grinder from fox with rob lowe no Oh my God. So that show, Rob Lowe played an attorney on TV and then his show gets canceled and he moves in with his brother who is an actual attorney and he thinks because he was a TV attorney that he can actually solve cases. So it's kind of like a similar show. Mm-hmm. Again, that show only lasted one season too. So like, yeah, and there's, there's a show going on right now 
<clears throat> it's it's a little bit more silly if you can believe it. Uh, it's more more police academy like, but there's a show now called Angie Tribeca, that's oh, kind yeah. of kind of uh, these people solving crimes and stuff like that, and just kind of getting into random uh, non sequiturs, you know, amongst it. Um, mm. That is something about this show compared to today's shows, and I feel like today's shows a lot of it is influenced by like almost Family Guy, where it's like you know just throw it in, random's funny. People are like, "What am I watching?" Sort of thing. Is yeah. it's a it's a pretty well focused show, uh, just for the pilot. You know, it, it kind of it knows what it wants to be. Um, the character that you very briefly know over the course of thirty minutes uh, acts just as you think he's going to act. He acts ridiculous, but it's it doesn't everything seems out of character. Well, that's another thing. Like a lot of pilots focus way too much on character character development, mm-hmm. but I feel like this show did very little of that, but a lot of it at the same time. Like it didn't focus on it, but it like slowly built it up through the episode. It did it through action as opposed to exposition. Exactly. Yeah. So that's some good job, Lookwell. Something to be applauded for. Uh, however many years twenty. I'm twenty six. Twenty six years later, <laughs> had to do math. <laughs> you couldn't remember your age nope <laughs> oh geez <laughs> all right so that's gonna do it for this episode of unaired uh mac do you have anything you'd like to plug while you're here um hmm no not at the moment i'm thinking of doing some some gaming stuff uh which you can check out in the future my uh my twitter handle is capen creative c-a-p-e-n creative so feel free to follow me and all of our social media stuff uh our twitter is at unaired podcast our facebook you can just search unaired unaired podcast it'll show up uh we have an instagram for some reason check that out it's at unaired podcast and we have a website unairedpodcast.com uh check that out it's pretty cool also check us out on pod paradise we are on there now other than that I'm Ed. I'm Mac. And just remember, some things are better left unaired. Bye. Bye.